1: Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and
0: underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every
1: week with very special guests from across the globe. Hello and welcome to the Delirious Nomads podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bacon, and I am here with a very good friend of mine, a celebrity guest. <laughs> my dear friend, Dan Sugarman. How are you today, Dan?
0: Dear, you you mean best, you mean best friends? You mean, I mean you best friends, yeah. friend, Close friend, best, we're best friends, dude. I'm doing great. Today's awesome. Whether you're listening to this now or not, this is now and live in your ears at this moment. This isn't pre-recorded.
1: I, I <laughs> Sure, this isn't pre-recorded. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah, we've (laughs) mastered live podcasts into your ears. It's just ongoing live. So, point being, Dan, you have a lot going on right now. I want to start with the signature guitar. Talk to me about this, because that's been, like, really cool. You and I have talked about this pretty extensively, and it's just, it's like the ultimate, like, childhood in your bedroom guitar dream. Talk about it, because it's kind of ridiculous. It's beyond that. In fact
0: that's that's super funny no one's gonna see this because it's not video but behind me is my my guitar situation and next to my signature guitar is my gibson sg which was my first real guitar that i got when i was 13 and i remember getting that guitar and being like one day she she will be mine yes she will be mine i I was like one day i will have a fucking signature guitar because in my mind that was the angus young signature even though we all know it isn't but come on it is um I fucking legitimately sat down with that guitar and obsessed and like created that fucking bookmark in my mind of a goal. And now that guitar is ironically hanging next to my actual guitar. So yeah, man, it's absolutely been a lifelong dream of mine since I was a kid. Um, and to have the opportunity to work with Kiesel this way is even fucking cooler, man. I remember when I signed with Kiesel about eight years ago, I was like, we need to do a signature guitar. And they were like, Okay, bud, slow your fucking roll. Let's get a couple years together, and I'm like, ah, she will be mine. Yes, she will be mine. And now, I got these fucking murder axes, dude. So, last Halloween of 2021, yes, it's 2023 now. Of 2021, we released these guitars as a uh, artist edition. So it was 50 guitars, a limited run. It was to be sold within a 30 day period, and we sold all 50 guitars in 48 hours, which was fucking insane. And you know, the day after that, Jeff called me, was like, yo, dude, like you've unlocked the next level. We're gonna do a signature next year. Keep this shit to yourself. And I had to sit on my fucking hands and bite my tongue for a year about that shit. And this just released October 31st on Halloween, 2022. It's been fucking killing it, no pun intended. We've now got three different flavors of the murder acts. We have the OG original one, which is the blood spatter on like an antique ash, which is like a barnyard door kind of worn gray look with blood all over it with the matching pickup, singular pickup, seven string. And then we've got the horror wood version, which is antique blackout ash. So it's a see-through black with blood spatter on it. Same same pickup configuration, red pickup. And then I did the American Psycho. I'm calling it the Bateman. Um, It's a diamond pearl white guitar. So it's like sparkly white with black spatter on it and a black pickup ebony fretboard all gold hardware it's like the most bougie shit in the world because you know christian bale patrick bateman sorry um and yeah that's that's where we're at right now and it's exciting as shit they are just starting to be shipped out now i had about a four month three and a half month build period and they're just now starting to head out to people who got them so far so i'm excited to see these ones out in the world
1: what does that process look like when you're designing a guitar? Like that's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around a little bit.
0: Well, how long have I been playing guitar, man? Fuck. I would say like 18 years of getting my hands on things that I liked and didn't like, just how you develop your taste in music, you know what I mean? And at a certain Yeah. At a certain point I'm I was just listening to a Rick Rubin podcast on a Huberman Labs, which is one of my favorite podcasts and he had Rick Rubin on, it was incredible. And Rick Rubin was like, songwriting is so much easier than people think. Everyone thinks it's like a series of crazy decisions that need to be made. But if someone puts two plates in front of you, if they say grilled cheese or peanut butter and jelly, you're gonna immediately know which one you want. Sure. So the process has been that for me, like I play this guitar, nope, not that. And I play this guitar, that's what I want. Ooh, I kinda like the neck feel on this one, let's add that to this guitar. And me having been with Kiesel for so many years, about eight now, I think maybe seven or eight, I've been able to explore and build tons of different configurations based on my previous, you know, 12 years of playing other guitars that I wanted. So by the time it came to, let's do an artist edition guitar, I knew exactly what the fuck I wanted. I knew all the woods that I wanted. I knew the measurements that I wanted. I like flat radius flat fretboards, So it's like super, super fast and similar to a flamenco guitar as opposed to a rounded radius, like a strat might be. Um, I wanted to have a single pickup because I'm tired of accidentally hitting my pickup selector on stage and being on a neck pickup when I meant to be on the bridge. And then also having a neck pickup is basically having an EQ chosen by your pickup company, or in this instance, Kiesel makes their own pickups. But I wanted to just get rid of that entirely. And if I'm going to have a neck pickup sound, I just dial that into my amp tone, whether it be through live, like MIDI switches or whether it be in the studio. So I basically have gone super minimal in the most maximalist way, is really like the best way to explain it. And, and, really and cool. how, I, how I designed it was chilling with my fucking a Chris Johnson, smoking a shitload of joints at his house and just talking about what this could be. And we had so many different ideas and what we landed on is what you guys see now. And it, it came pretty quickly, like we kind of were like, cause I, at this point in time, I had been playing Leatherface in Ice Nine Kills, which is just this murderous fuck who, you know, likes to end people's lives. And it just made sense to have some kind of guitar that fit that aesthetic. So we went with that like barnyard door vibe, which really fit the Leatherface world. Yeah. batter was a super simple choice. And then it came down to the specs that I had decided on from 18 years of experience. So it was really, it was was a culmination of things, right? A culmination of, of artistic and aesthetic choice based on what I'm doing with it. And also
1: just experience, I guess absolutely that's really cool and it's just like how has the response been has there been feedback that you thought was interesting or feedback you weren't expecting because this is like almost more personal than an album right like this is something people you understand what i'm saying with that
0: yeah it's my it's my taste my idea my blah 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 yeah so it's you know i also made this really weird choice just because i'm so uncomfortable about it like you've you helped me with with you know marketing my merch you've helped me with this before so i already feel weird enough having my name on merch so i was very apprehensive to have like my name on a guitar so it's not called like the dan sugarman signature guitar i call it the murder axe and on the Truss rod cover where it would typically say my name or my signature i have my emblem so it's like enigmatic as opposed to this is dan sugarman's so i already feel weird enough about that right but yeah, man. Um, it's super fucking personal. And, and, it's, and it's a lot more than an album. I would say it's about 400 albums. It's a, it's a costly instrument, you know what I mean?
1: It's like, it's wild because like...
0: It's, it's an investment, dude. It's like people could buy a car for this.
1: Yeah, but, uh, but I was going to say it's more like an album is like you, you putting art in the world for other people to sort of feel things around, essentially. Right. And putting out a guitar is like you putting... It's a tool a tool in the world for people to create art with, which is like fucked up. This is the way a tool should feel. I hope you agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, like, do you think that like the guys that like steal have the same anxiety? <laughs> like you laugh, but like on some level, probably.
0: Yeah, dude, that's a really interesting thought. And I mean, as far as the feedback goes, it's been fucking insane. The, this guitar comes, the, the our actual signature guitar that came out this last October comes in a six and a seven string but the uh 50 limited artist edition guitars only were in seven string and i saw one of these guitars go on sale on reverb and they upmarked it 900 from what they bought it for which is not something that i typically see on a resell yeah. of a guitar in there and their statement was they thought they would like seven strings and they just prefer six string right so it's like Nothing that I could have done because at that time we were only offering sevens, but now we have a six and maybe he would have liked that.
1: A hell of a lot of money to drop on your first seven string.
0: This is where I think creating like a certain level of hype and like value. And first of all, Kiesel already secured that, right? Like people know when you're getting a Kiesel guitar and spending $3,000, it's a $3,000 guitar. It's not marked up. You're not getting some MSRP bullshit. You're getting direct dealer to consumer. That's like why they're so special. So And it's all made in America. So, you know, it's just like super high quality, super looked after, quality control is insane. So it's worth what it's worth. We're not talking about like Levi jeans where it's, you know, marked up just because it says the name on it. So yeah, it's a lot for a first guitar, but I think it's a series of flaming hoops that these people have jumped through. It's already a Kiesel. It's the fact that I had been playing that guitar on tour for two years and vetted it. It's the fact that I created such a good like marketing campaign behind it to create that hype. Absolutely. And I put like this this chokehold on everybody with the whole limited, they're going to sell out really quick, you know, limited quantity, limited
1: time only, the supreme kind of design. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is what you got. Yeah. So let's talk about the marketing because you were doing a lot of things even on the original back in 2021 that we had talked about. So talk to me about that because you approached this in a really humble and effective way that I feel like made you you know, helped you a lot more. And I feel like not a lot of other people would have had the humility to execute the way you executed. Can you talk about that for a second?
0: Well, this was the pick tins that I was doing.
1: Yeah, but weren't you calling people about the guitars too?
0: I don't think I did it for the guitars. I think this was for pick tins. But this was this idea because I hustle, dude. Like this is is not only my life, but I'm also really intrigued with like the psychology behind everything. And I'm intrigued with understanding people. And I'm intrigued with like what makes someone past the threshold of becoming a, a buyer or a supporter or a long-term supporter or fucking a loyal supporter even versus why they turn something down. Um, and through my Shopify, I collect cell phone numbers and like I would hit people up and let them know like, hey, at some point, like I may give you a call, like just like heads up and people get excited about that shit, right? Because I will legitimately randomly just call people and be like, yo, what's up? This is Dan from Ice Nine Kills. I'm just calling to make sure that like, you're enjoying the shirt and the pick tune that you got. Is everything all good? And they will freak the fuck out, right? And it creates this connection that is, goes a lot further than just them liking a, an artist or a band or a musician. It's like absolutely creating friendship or like a, like a family sort of vibe is really what I'm after. So like you giving me your number or your email address is a huge flaming hoop that you jumped through and I'm not going to neglect that and I'm also not going to take advantage of that.
1: And it's like, what I think is interesting with it is it's like, it's not really that much time
0: or minutes. So, I mean, I would, I would give some kids, like if they had questions, I'd be like, yeah, dude, I got a few more minutes before I'm jumping in my next lesson. Like, no worries. But like, ab- absolutely. But then at the same time, dude, like what I really did with the murder acts was I did this. I think you're, you're, you're combining. Cause you and I have talked a lot about marketing ideas. I think you're combining yeah. my pick 10 thing with the murder acts. The murder acts was, I did a giveaway of the guitar and I had thousands and thousands of people entering to win my actual guitar that I wrote and recorded your numbers up on. And it was the only one that I had at that point. And I was willing to give it away before the, the um, signature, sorry, the artist edition guitar was even announced. So what I did was I created this frothing at the mouth of like, I want the murder axe, I want the murder axe, And I made them jump through some, some hoops. It was like, go on your page, post this picture of the murder axe. Tell people why it's the sickest guitar ever and why you want it. Repost it once a fucking week as a story. Go follow me on Twitch because I was getting ready to launch my Twitch and I, was, I wanted to get a bunch of followers on there before. Make sure you're following my Instagram and join my, uh, my Discord. So it was like a couple of really simple things they had to do, which was a huge exchange. And in return, you might win a fucking $3,000 guitar, right? And you and, got a lot of
1: attention out of that.
0: And I got of a lot got a lot of attention. I got like seven thousand freaking sign-ups or some crazy thing from that, right? And I had seven thousand people wanting the guitar so bad that the day and the moment that I announced who won the guitar and his his screen name, I will never forget is Pee pee poo- poo. I had to announce that in front of a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, poo poo won that guitar. And then I immediately was like, and also at midnight tonight, my artist edition is going live and if you wanted one and couldn't get this now you can and i created this incredible like i said frothing at the mouth is like the best way to say it just like oh my god this fomo thing right and then i just immediately you know gary v is what is it um jab jab right hook is that the name of his book yeah 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 it's like it was one of those sort of things right i was just like Here's some awesome thing. Here's another more way awesome thing. And then here's the thing that you wanted that you didn't even know was happening. And once that sort of occurred, it caught like wildfire. And I immediately had this, you know, really ridiculous campaign. I I, I had done a short series that I wrote um, where I was basically killed Dexter style by my own guitar. And it transformed from a normal guitar to my bloody guitar. And it got revenge on me for never tuning all the guitars and letting guitars get dusty and letting batteries run out and playing out of tune and all this shit. Right. So it was like personifying all the torture that humans do to their instruments. And I thought it was just this really funny self-deprecating way to poke fun at myself and musicians. And my brand is playing with the horror and mixing as much, if not more humor into it. Cause that's, that's my shit. And I find yeah, of that course. very, very fun. Um, and yeah, dude, that shit just worked super fucking well. And I'm really, really excited that it did. And now I'm in a position where now the guitars are just available from Kiesel.com. You can go to Murderax.com or Kiesel.com and check them out. They're always there instead of it being a limited time thing.
1: It's just like, it's, it's just so insane to think about. Cause I feel like when I, when I saw this rolling out, you know, as like your friend, it was just crazy to me. Cause I feel like when you're a kid, you see signature guitars. Like the person with signature guitars is like Jeff Beck.
0: Yeah. RIP dude.
1: Yeah. And now it's, you and it's like just it's cool to see you doing this and having so much success with it
0: yeah really to me dude it's about having as much fucking fun as humanly possible with it right and i think just like in recording music or writing songs i think that is palpable to people right but also at the same time like my my th- approaching this from this enigmatic standpoint and creating like the murder axe is its own entity like it literally has its own voice and storyline and it killed me off already so me creating this like brand of the murder axe, I'm now like I have tons of murder axe merch. You know what I mean? Like like I I don't see other signature guitars where someone's been able to brand the thing itself and then create more content and products from it. So it's like this really fun thing that I'm able to play with. I'm I'm hoping to create a murder axe universe, like a cinematic universe, you know what I mean? But the whole the whole purpose is to make it just larger than life and like beyond what I could do with it. Whether it is or isn't that's the way I want it to feel. It's just super grandiose and and super fun and goofy. And I feel like that's what you've achieved. I hope so, dude. It's it's doing well. I'm shocked every day, you know, it's really 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 cool to see it out there in the world and I just want to keep putting stuff out there that makes people stoked like
1: that, you know? That's the goal. So, what do you see as the next steps with the guitar stuff? because that not no it seems like a really deep thing where where do you go next now that you have three signature guitars in the world that's kind of the dream come true
0: yeah it's it's kind of wild man um my headspace has constantly been like to become a super self-sufficient steady satiated not hungry musician you need to create a situation for yourself where i may have said this to you before but like if you imagine yourself like like a silo in the middle of like a field you want to have a bunch of belts feeding that silo from as many different directions and areas as possible. Right. So like for me, the signature guitar is one aspect of that. And then I looked at that, like, how can I branch this out more and create more fun with this idea? So now there's like murder acts, hoodie, murder acts, fucking sweatpants, posters, stickers, all of that stuff. Hopefully I'm going to make it into like a little show. So it's its own fucking thing. So that'd be, I put a silo on top of a silo with that. Right. And then I'm, obvious merch thing is I think the first belt that most people see as a way to feed the silo that is themselves. Mm. And this is just a metaphor. I don't see myself like a giant gaping hole to be filled, but like, (laughs) it's a good metaphor.
1: Yeah. And I think that this is what people don't understand, right? Is I think that you have your sort of pillar content and then that ties into everything else, right? Like the guitar is your pillar. And then every other piece of your content ties into the fact that you have a guitar, because that's such a proof of legitimacy right that extremely few people have especially from a very legit company
0: yeah absolutely and then and then I looked at that like the same way that you'd be like okay my tone is my hands and then it's my pick cool I have picks for sale then it's my guitar awesome got that then the guitar runs through the cable oh that's the next thing let's get the fucking cable going
1: yeah and then now you have the paid cable which you wanted to talk about which is I'm
0: literally looking at the entire chain and how to kind of like get in on what every musician needs no i don't need a fucking shirt anymore dude i don't need more sweatpants or a hoodie like obviously i'll take them whenever the fuck i'm wearing a new one right now you know what i mean like this got sent to me wearing it but like the fact of the matter is is i looked at that i was like all right so what is happening in the world of cables that i could do differently and i did a bunch of fucking research and i found that no one is doing boutique designer cables so i had this wild idea of a blood spatter cable, right? And then I contacted one of my very good buddies and Happy Cable Co is the owner down in San Diego. He's one of my guitar students many years ago. Um, And I told him this idea and he spent the next year and a half in the pandemic mastering how to make that work. And now it's fucking patented. We've got this shit happening. Um, And it's this giant cool process that is so safe that his like two-year-old daughter throws paint with him for fun. You know what I mean? It's like such a, all I've ever wanted to do is get into child labor, dude. (laughs) Sorry. I need a little levity. I'm getting too, too businessy here. Yeah. So, so that was the thing. So we created a guitar look that's never happened before. So it matches my guitar It matches the whole theme of my band and my brand. And then we, we are offering the silent Jack so you no longer get that popping noise when you plug in your cable, which is known to blow studio speakers out. I've actually blown a pair of studio speakers out because of that shit. That's really clever. Right. And that's a newer piece of technology. It's called the Nutric Jack, and we are one of the first companies to be offering them on all of our cables. So that was phase one. We did another limited run of 100. They sold out super fucking quick. Um, And right now we're getting ready to launch phase two, which is going to be matching all the colors of my guitar. So it's going to be the OG, which is going to be, um, blood spatter on white then there's going to be blood spatter on black to match the Horwood guitar then it's going to be black spatter on a white cable to match the bateman guitar so we're coming out with the guitar cables and it's also going to come with speaker cables patch cables xlr cables for vocalists because it stands out so fucking much who's not going to a want a matching set of shit and b who's not going to want to stand out with their cables because everyone has the same shit right? And then I'm saying this now because it's already, we're, it's happening. Phase three is any color cable, any color spatter. We're going to be getting into like glow paint. You could do jawbreaker, like fuckload of color spatters on a white cable. It's going to be going ham soon, but right now we're keeping it. Phase two is going to be introducing all these other types of cables, as well as it matching all of the guitars that are available right now.
1: I like that no pop cable idea. That's clever.
0: Easy, dude. It's like when I plug a guitar in or take it out, you don't even think about the like The beauty of that shit anymore you don't even hear that like (laughs) shit anymore right so my brain is you know working the way it does the fact that i'm about to flow into another conversation so weirdly is a fact um i'm looking at the chain of you know what's going on it's like my pick obviously i'm wearing a shirt we got those and i'm you know maybe i'm playing something on the guitar cool we got a tab book for that then we got the guitar in your hands awesome murderax.com and then you go to fucking bloodlinecable.com, get one of those. And then I'm thinking, all right, I'm not going to make a fucking interface. I'm not going to make studio monitors, but God damn it, am I high on coffee whenever I'm playing my guitar. So now I have coffee and that's where that shit comes in. And I've recognized in doing my research that coffee is the second highest selling liquid food commodity in the world behind water. That makes sense. And yeah, it does, right? Because it's a freaking drug and the other one water is like necessity for life. So I guess- Sure, it's a win win there. So I'm just looking at that, like it's this whole really fun opportunity and way to kind of open shit up even more. And this gets me into my food world. Um, And I'm a diehard vegan chef, right? So like this is started, I've started doing a bunch of live streams where I'm like making coffee in the morning. And then I'll cook like a badass vegan breakfast, or I'll do like a vegan dinner kind of fucking stream, right. Um, And this is going into me eventually getting into doing like a vegan metalhead cookbook thing, because I want to get into all of that shit. I'm I'm talking to a mushroom company, not psychedelic mushrooms, but edible mushrooms about white labeling some mushrooms to start doing that together. Like, I just want to enter into this whole entire world. What's the appeal of of mushrooms? It is one of the most delicious meat substitutes and you can grow them. Like no one's going to see this, but I'll show you what I'm talking about. I'm growing lion's head mushroom on my counter right now. I'm going to do a steak out of it later. And then either turn that into sure. comida, a taco like a steak with potatoes like whatever
1: no I, yeah okay but that's good and they're
0: massive in the world of veganism mushrooms are becoming like the wildest most popular meat substitute and it's just no and i know that because i i know that Yeah. yeah 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 and then and then what i'm trying to do with this with this cookbook that i've been working on is effectively provide insight into the amount of times i'm hit up on the on a daily basis What's like a good grocery list? Like I want to start being vegan, but it seems so expensive. So like, I want to have a grocery list section. I want to have essentials you need to have in your house. I want to have a way to teach and explain the meal and then have like tiering options. Like if you want to make it fancier, you can get this type of thing. If you want to make it cheaper, get this type of thing. And then at the end of it, you know, living alone now, I, I like cooking myself large, large things so that I have leftovers. And then it's coming up with like creative ways to turn my leftovers into new things without being like, let me eat mac and cheese four nights in a row. So it's like coming yeah. up with like, turn your leftovers into so it's exciting, but still food prep that you did previously. So it's like coming up with ways to just make eating healthier, cheaper, more accessible. Here are the things you need so you don't feel like lost as a new vegan. Like that's, that's really what this is about. That's and it's really cool. Yeah, and I, and I hope it works. Like it's, it's just gonna be a fun venture for me, adventure and venture. And that's kind of like the whole goddamn thing for me. Is just playing around with this shit and seeing what I can do with it and whatever doesn't work and, you know, dies off because the energy is not getting to it. So be it, man. Things atrophy all the time.
1: And I think that's like the, one of the important pieces people don't get is I think, I think the two things you're talking about here that are really important, like the takeaways are like a make sure you have some sort of, some sort of core product that people actually give a shit about and then b try a bunch of different things around it. And I think that everybody gets really afraid of doing either of those things.
0: Something that precedes that slightly is I think the product is going to be vetted by the brand and people need to recognize the difference between brand and product. And I think that is a huge yeah. thing to look at, right? Like I heard this shit years ago. I think it's a Bezos quote, Mr. Pesos himself brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room.
1: That is a Bezos, a Bezos quote. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and it is so wild, right? So like, I want my brand to be fun, accessible, truthful, exciting, unique, entertaining—like all the things that make anything else that comes out of it. The value is built into it because they've already enjoyed the process that got them to looking at a product.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I just—I don't know. People don't seem to—people don't seem to grasp that. And I think—I uh, think you're outlining it pretty, pretty accurately here. I just made all of that up. No. He did not make that up. I knew that quote. It's all good.
0: Jefe Pesos.
1: No, but what I wanted to ask you about, a couple points we were looking at. The one that I thought was really interesting that I kind of wanted to touch on before we wrap up is so now you're doing, so you did this first record, uh, your first solo record. That was like kind of a shred-tastic whatever. Now you're about to do another one. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the culmination of a lot of this. Do you want to talk about that real fast before we wrap up?
0: This is actually about to be my third one. So I actually did uh, my first one.
1: Right. Yes, you're right.
0: No, no, you're good. You're good. And it was because so long ago, dude, it was like 2015 when I left as Blood Runs Black, decided to start this shit. And I did Center Sun, first one, which came out, I think, 2016. And then I did uh, Inside Out Part One in 2019. And that was a culmination of six songs that I wrote leading up to my mom passing away. And it was like a really hard and heavy record for me to do. And I sat on that. Completed record for about two years before I was able to like go back through the stems and fucking export them and get them mixed because it was so hard to just yeah listen to and I put it out I think in February 2020 actually not 2019 um because I was on tour with Ice Nine at the time and I remember just putting myself out there and explaining what was going on and explaining what this record was to me and it just touched a lot of people and it excited a lot of people to know that like I was making music that you know I needed. I had something to say and I had the ability to say it. And here's this thing for you to fucking listen to. And if it speaks to you, that means that you and I probably have some reason that we should be friends. Like if you enjoy this, there's something in you that like, I want to know. Do you know what I mean? And that's a really big part of how I operate people who really appreciate my music. Like I, there's, there's a kinship there. That's like unspoken. And I usually like try to foster that shit as much as possible. So then um, after that record came out, did a bunch of years with touring with ice nine then the pandemic went down and then i moved to this new spot and i started wow. doing twitch and i got this crazy fucking idea to do all of the writing on the fly live on twitch in front of the live audience so i wrote the six new songs in front at, at certain points there was like five six thousand people in there this was days where i was getting like front page featuring so and wild. i went, and I'm sitting there trying to sound out some fucked up modulating solo that like is so hard to play and I'm just like clanking around and shit. But like the process that I wanted to reveal was everything that you think is perfect, all of the like magic that you think is like impossible for you to achieve. This is what it really is. This is what it really looks like. Yeah, it's and literally it's- just
1: some asshole in his room Yeah, dude, having a hard time. That's
0: all it is, man. We're all a bunch of fucking assholes and all we need to do is recognize that is the second you like smear some shit on a wall, it becomes a Rorschach situation. And you could be like, oh, it looks like a butterfly. And then you just move, do you know what I mean? And that's all it is, like I'm just smearing shit and then I'm going, what can I make out of this? And then I turn it into a song and I bring people through my process of how I like connect melodies and create motifs. And it's like, it was basically a live course and how to make a record. And it was-
1: And it's cool, cause that's a really scary thing to do.
0: And I've I've, purposefully worked through those fears so that I could be beyond that shit because it's terrifying, dude. It really, really is because it's more vulnerable than here's this tool I made, hope you like my tool. This is, here's me attempting to make the art that you typically buy at the end of the product line and you love. Here's when it looks like smeared shit on a wall. No one likes knowing how a sausage is made and that's what it is.
1: And yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where like, I've had a few long conversations about this with the band I manage where they'll send me a demo and it'll sound pretty good. Like, obviously it's like them recording on their phone or straight into their interface without a lot of production, but whatever, it's, it's good for that. And then I'll be like, okay, can I send to the label? And they're like, no, like, this is for you. You know, So and I, I have two bands writing right now and it's sort of been something that's come up a couple times and it's sort of been like, yeah, no, this is not... And I saw you doing that and I was like, yeah, this is not... This is like the real deal. This is terrifying because... Yeah, a lot of angry people on the internet. Um, you see my comment sections. Yeah, right. What's with the fucking cigar? Well, I just like the
0: people who are like, "Oh, you don't
1: know anything," and I'm like, "Man."
0: Yeah, and I'm getting those comments live. I'm like reading, like, "Hey, dude, what's your favorite this and that?" And I'm like excited and reading them, and then I'm like smiling. It's like, "Hey, dude, why are you such a fucking piece of shit?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Hold on. I just read that out loud. Now I have to deal with this."
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, but exactly. Well, like I had, I had a week last year where i was getting like people making hate videos about me on tiktok oh dude and i like remember lying in bed next to my girlfriend being like
0: this is me now (laughs)
1: like, like what the fuck
0: yeah dude so i just i like the same the same way that it was like all right get over yourself in terms of like i only want to reveal the best form of myself in a fucking video right i had to get over myself with that and then i had to get over myself and someone like getting me flustered or frustrating me with some kind of comment like that i got really good at just spinning it around and making them feel silly for fucking saying something dumb or like my community fucking says something so i don't have to like yeah, it's which just is be- the
1: best way to do it right right but,
0: but i dude i prefer to just like kill them with kindness be like okay yeah dude i'm a piece of shit like how'd you find that out so soon Where, what what do you do for a living
1: <laughs> and then they're like, yeah but what do you do for a living is like I, I like to hit people with like especially when I drop like some tour knowledge. I always like to hit people with like, oh man, you must have toured a lot, huh?
0: Yeah. Well like I like Spotify. Okay, dude. <laughs> Not that helpful. Not been on tour. So yeah, like that that experience for me really just helped me develop thicker skin for that shit, right? Because like I'm as far as like I give guitar lessons on Zoom and fucking in person constantly, so I'm always put on the spot and need to be some form of my best or be able to like cover my ass. Or if some question comes out of nowhere, I need to know how to spin it and give insight and make it like put sure. a fucking pretty low cool on it, right? So that was already developed and then being put in front of hundreds of thousands of people while writing at my like, you know, most vulnerable state, it helped me kind of generate that same sort of thing. And now I'm in a situation where I'm sitting on that record, need to stem it out because it is so fucking excessive that it's just going to take me like a week to get through that process. And then I have a few incredible mix engineers and mastering engineers who are going to take a look at it and we're going to see who's the right guy. And then it's just going to come down to me coming up with a really clever and creative way to get it out. So like during pandemic last time, when my inside out part one came out, I was doing this thing where I released it as pre-orders and anyone who pre-ordered got into a secret, actually, no homes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You could sign up on my Shopify page to join me in on zoom hangouts and every weekend I would do this like fucking six hour hangout out with like the, at a certain point it was like 250 people in there. And I was just hanging out, answering every and all questions. That's and awesome. every single one of those pers- people bought the largest pre-order bundle possible, right? Because it became that friendship thing. And I went at it with the super guerrilla style marketing thing and it generated like a very, very close knit community. And that's, you know, still my people that are with me today. Like we have this whole discord we all hang out. We're actually gonna start doing movie nights pretty soon. Yeah, dude, it's just it's just this whole, you know, it's it's generating a community and creating respect up and down and left to right, and everyone's fucking supportive of each other. And that doesn't just mean towards me. I'm as supportive towards them and their endeavors too, right? And it just creates Which that is important energy. Yeah, it does, dude. It's not one sided. And I think so many people lose that in the fucking sauce. They're like, okay, 100%. I'll become a silo. I'll make a bunch of belts feeding me, and it's like, dude, use, use, like, send one of those belts off into donation zones. Send one of those belts off into like other artists that you love.
1: And and it's hard because I think it's what's hard for me is this piece of like people are punishers, and it's really hard to like maintain your compassion when people are punishers. Dude, I'm I'm struggling with this thing myself because I'm starting to look at.
0: And this and this is not to jump down your throat at all, but just like saying asshole, right? Like saying any any like phrase that someone is this makes it really like liminal. It's like all of a sudden you've got rid of everything that the essence of who that person is, and they're a fucking asshole all of a sudden. And then it's really hard to look at that person like,
1: oh yeah, oh like yeah, they they're, they're going and- through.
0: They're fucking, their dad is an alcoholic. Their mom passed away. Their dog is sick. Like, you don't know what the fuck is going on. So those punishers, I've learned, are like me. They deal with fucking anxiety. They deal with, like, dude, I have some form of fucking autism. I don't know what it is, man. But, like, people have called me out in my whole fucking life. So, like, I know a lot of those kids have, like, you know, some, some form going on where their social cues are off. And then you just, you sit there and you recognize that. And then you just communicate to that instead of taking it personal because I'm on tour and I just want to go to this fucking restaurant because I have five minutes to eat, like walk with me, dude. Like I'm going to get coffee. Come with me. Like I've, I've begun to practice this. And I'm again, not trying to jump down your throat at all. Because new. I learned Punisher from Black Dahlia. I learned Punisher from Trevor. I learned that term from them.
1: I had this weird epiphany over the summer from, I was hanging out with Um Gal from Gorg- from who wasn't Gorgoroth, you know, who is really good guy. And I was walking him through a crowd, and he was stopping and talking to every single person. And I turned to him, and I was like, look, dude, like, I can, you know, I've walked famous people through crowds before. Like, I can help you. Like, we don't, you don't need to be friends with everyone. And it was raining. And he was like, no, it's it's all good. These people, they deserve it. Yeah. And I'm like, you're, like, maybe the most evil person I'm friends with. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know what I mean? And Yeah, I love that, dude. No, but like that's what it's about, you know? And it's just and it's hard, you know, and it's easy to say that's what it's about when it's you and me who are like buddies talk about this versus I'm gonna go look at my DMs that have five questions based on videos I made in the last week. Right. And I'm gonna be like
0: Yeah, I think to me it's like finding like the the little child in everybody. Cause like if absolutely. you if you like if you're like, all right, this kid just like really doesn't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden I'm just going to talk to him as if it was me as a five-year-old. And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. I'm just saying I can't be a piece of shit to myself at five.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the
0: where you are. And that's why you have a hard time enjoying yourself and no one wants to be around you. If you can't be nice to your fucking broken little kid inside you, like, yeah, it's not going to be very nice to anyone else. But like that, that switch for me was huge, man. I remember, um, (laughs) I remember very specifically on this, it was Summer Slaughter with Black Dahlia. There was Punisher emblems from the movie and it said no Punisher. There was all posters or like paper that they put all around the backstage room. And one of the friends of his Blood Runs Black came backstage and just started talking shit on like all the bands on the tour. And I was just like, this is why these fucking things are here. So there's certainly like levels of what a Punisher can be that is just outright disrespect. Like he was just coming in and talking shit Right? Because he thought he, since he was our friend, he could talk shit on other bands when they're walking by him. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that deserves to be punished, right? But a punisher has become the the person that's like waiting outside after the show to like catch you when you're trying to get to the bus for a signature, and like like people are like, "Oh, not this fucking guy." And to me, it's like this kid just waited three fucking hours past the show, missed a bus, just hoping that he'll like see us. Absolutely. Show the fuck up, like it's a part. Like just like playing a good show, like show up for these kids. That's the kid that's going to be the most excited about it. It's hard, but it's real. Figuring out how to appeal to them, you know? Yeah. Even being able to be like, look, dude, like I'm here for this right now, but like not everyone's going to be able to manage this type of energy you have. So like, maybe we could look at some other ways, like I'll bring you to the rest of the guys, but we need to like calm, calm your energy down. Like I've had a kid who is sitting there just like bouncing up and down. And I was like, look, dude, I'll, I'll bring you to like the other dudes, but like we need to like breathe for a sec.
1: Yeah, like be cool.
0: You could sort of show him like, dude, there's like another way to operate. And like, you're terrified of me, but I'm going to show you I'm super normal. And I'm going to give you this piece of advice that's you're probably going to remember for the rest of your life. Yeah. That kid's not going to be a quote unquote punisher anymore. He's going to be like an excited fan. And that's cool. That's cool. That's, that's, that's someone converted, right? You're trying, to yeah. convert, you're trying to convert people into what that kid is. And then everyone's pissed that he's that way.
1: And well that's kind of what it is right is it's like i think it's about and this is something you and i both focus on right is like you and i have very successful music industry careers eh, i'm getting there no but like you know what i mean like like you have signature guitars you have all these things like for sure i feel good about it yeah yeah but like what i'm saying is like you're ahead of 99 percent of metal guitarists shit okay no, but no, but but just, but just hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, so you've reached like that level where like you get to play the big sexy festival in Europe. You have the signature guitar. Yeah, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? I get to run this subsidiary of Metal Blade that like we have this podcast for. I get to work with Cannibal Corpse. I get to fucking. I'm gonna finish this up and then I'm gonna work on ads where They Might Be Giants. Like, okay, cool. So we've achieved this level. Yeah. And also, They Might Be Giants. How fucking weird is that that I get to work with them?
0: Oh, so sick! <laughs> cannibal Corpse and then what? <laughs>
1: Well, you know, anytime you can get a client that impresses your mom, you're like, yeah, this is, right. this is a big deal. <laughs> um, what you and I have always talked about and always prioritized that I wish more people would listen for, and what Trevor would always prioritize, is that one-on-one interaction, that hand-to-hand combat. No matter how high the level has gotten, yeah, you know, the hand-to-hand combat is always crucial. And I feel like sometimes it's at the highest levels where the hand-to-hand combat becomes really crazy, right? Like... I had a kid at Furnace Fest this year who was like 19 run up to me and he's like, Oh my God, I use your stuff in my music industry course all the time and you're so cool. And I met his dad.
0: Yeah. Come to dinner.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But like, yeah, like you, you've met the dad before, right? Oh yeah. And you're like, this is kind of dope. But I think that, but like, but it's about, The way I always view it is it's about, like, increasing your reputation by, like, 0.1% each time. And every individual fan who you do that with is a 0.1% boost.
0: Absolute hundredth monkey effect, dude. Have you heard of that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what it is.
1: And after you do that a thousand times, people are like, whoa, like, he replies to DMs? He's nice? He's...
0: Yeah, yeah. Approachable? He's fucking real? He's, like, he's friendly and there for me if I fucking... Like, that's another thing, too, is you're probably also hit up by people who are like, yo, dude, I'm having a rough day. And like sometimes those people just fish for like random people to help them. And like when I respond, I'm like, hey, dude, like hope you're doing well. Like what's going on there? It immediately fucking helps them. So just like just being in service, I think, is like the ultimate thing we can do as musicians, because like everything we do when it works is because someone agreed that it's valuable for some fucking reason. Who, who the fuck decided that making noise with like stupid tools in your voice is worth a fucking penny it's like the agreement that everyone has that that reality agrees that it's worth something that like i want to uphold by being fucking awesome you know what i mean yeah. and i want to feel like their their penny that they're showing me um is is reciprocated by me showing the fuck up and like those interactions that you're talking about where you meet like the cool ass kid who's so excited to see you And then like the proud dad who's like, pulls you aside. He's like, Hey man, thanks. Like my kid was struggling, but you
1: really like, like that shit goes so far, man. Yeah. And it's just like how you gotta just show it to people. And it's, it's so fucking wild just because it's just weird to look at like how far sometimes some shit you said on the internet goes. Yeah. I
0: think it's being aware, like you're hyper aware of that shit in yourself. You put out so much helpful, positive content, even when you're calling out some bullshit in the industry, it's still positive, right? And like just constantly being, you know, a beacon of light in a fucking dark place as you put a cigar in your fucking mouth, dude. Yes. I had it. Yeah. You know, I was craving no visuals for anyone but me and it was worth it. Yeah. But yeah, dude, just like becoming, and this is like, this is my purpose, being a fucking beacon of light in a dark place. Like that's all we need to do is provide something awesome for people who may not know what they're looking for, but they know they're looking for something. Yeah. And that's all it is, man. I think it's showing up in service to that thing really good things to come of it. I think the successes we have yield more successes because of the good we do. And I think the failures we have generate more successes because we know what the fuck not to do. Never doing that mistake again.
1: As long as you're willing to learn from them.
0: Yeah. A lot of people aren't.
1: I mean, I always feel like I have to screw up like five or six times before I I start to like you know what i mean like i feel like i have to fuck up a few times and have to be like okay people don't like it when i do that okay
0: i'm still learning not to touch hot pots from my fucking stove dude
1: yeah right it's still you know it's just this is it
0: yeah sometimes we're dumb and sometimes we make fucking good choices and uh burning my hand a lot on my stove is not a good choice but i tend to do it
1: alas well thank you for coming on sharing these words of wisdom uh do you have time for one last uh debate that uh, started a Twitter war today. Bring it on, dude. I lost like 15 followers from this.
0: Oh no, maybe I shouldn't.
1: I tweeted, Blink-182 are the Beatles of their generation. Don't at me. See,
0: here's the thing is, I adore and love the Beatles and I adore and love Blink-182. So I hear nothing negative in what you're saying.
1: Oh, absolutely not. It's not not meant as negative or, and I don't necessarily mean it positive either. What I'm trying to say with that is, this is the boy band who defied an aesthetic and a sound and a culture and yeah. have a bunch of hits that young people know. And while I think, I think there's a- other maybe bigger rock bands from that generation like I didn't realize Green Day is more popular than Blink-182 until some aggravated people informed me of this today. But yeah, what what's your thoughts? Blink-182 are they the Beatles of their of the 90s and early 2000s? I would
0: say this. I think that Green Day broke out of the pop punk thing into being something else. I think they were like the big fish in the fucking pond. And then they were like the only fish in the ocean after that. And like, you can't even talk about green day and the same thing as Blink-182 because I think green day just exploded the Shamu out of the fucking water, dude. It's a different thing. So like I love Blink-182 so much and I love Beatles so much that I just want to say, yeah, I think culturally speaking. Yeah, dude, I used to wear backwards sideways hats because of Tom DeLonge. I remember wanting to get Vans because of Blink-182. I remember I wanted a Strat because of Tom DeLonge. I almost wanted to quit guitar and play bass because of Mark Hoppus. Like, yeah, affected everything for me, man. I think it was my identity as a kid.
1: No, absolutely. And I think that was part of...
0: Skateboarding and fucking... Yeah.
1: Yeah. The overarching thesis is I feel like Blink-182 represent more of a accessible culture than Green Day. Because I feel like Green Day... Because again, and if you look at how Blink-182 marketed themselves very early on, was very much like... We're from the suburbs and nice houses and Green Day like always intentionally feels a lot scarier. You know, we're Green Day and we listen to Neurosis.
0: Yeah, I think looking at the the cultural thing, I see Blink-182. Remember the movie Brink or like Grind or any of those kind yeah. of movies? Like that's all Blink-182 culture. Like whether it was or wasn't, that that's the aesthetic.
1: I like that the same people who hate on those movies or the same people who love those movies are the people who hate on TikTok, which is the exact same thing, except... Less dumb.
0: Ah, the irony, dude. But I was just gonna say that, like, Green Day's cultural phenomenon happened like later, and then everyone was wearing like eyeliner and like a like a striped red tie over a t-shirt. Yeah, you know what I mean. It created like the scene punk kid, and I don't think because of Billy Joel doing that eyeliner, fucking like pressed down black spiky hair with like a fucking button, like the whole look was huge later, and I think it was its own. Outcast culture, as were Blink's. when it, Blink One Eighty Two's culture was already in and then exploded. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I think it lasted longer than like that emo punk look that happened for a while. Not to say Green Day wasn't bigger, but I think the Blink cultural thing was larger, like the Absolutely. Beatles.
1: Yes, you know, nailed
0: it. Your thesis proven.
1: There we go. Thank you very much. Fuck y'all who wouldn't followed me. And now you can
0: follow me, you bastards.
1: Thank you for coming on, Dan dropping a bunch of wisdom i really appreciate you
0: appreciate you too man you're the best
1: all right so that was awesome thank you everyone out there for listening to delirious nomads sponsored by blacklight media we will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest be sure to follow blacklight media on socials
0: for new music and more and above all keep it heavy
1: Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.
0: Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.